The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's financial objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should obtain independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. Now, we all know battery metals are all the rage as the electric vehicle and storage of renewable energy revolutions gather pace. Nickel is amongst the thick of things. The metal, which is prized for energy density, it delivers lithium batteries, has been a star performer this year. At its last quote of $8.80 a pound US, it's up by 40% on the 2020 calendar year average of $6.26 a pound US. So there's plenty of incentive to find more of the stuff because the price is reflecting the expectation that the industry will struggle to meet the projected 15-fold increase in demand by 2025. Remembering, of course, that nickel also has demand from its traditional stainless steel market chugging away in the background. Now, against that bullish backdrop, we have got one of the most active nickel explorers you could hope to find with us today, with a name to match as well, Auric Minerals. Auric trades under the code AOU, or Alpha Oscar Uniform, and it had a last sale price of 17.5 cents for a market cap of 52 million. We have Auric's CEO and Managing Director, Aidan Platel with us today to give us a feel for how the group's strategy to build a 100,000 tonne nickel resource along the prolific Norseman to Waluda Greenstone Belt, and then leverage off existing processing capacity to become Australia's next producer of high-grade nickel sulphides is taking shape. So with that, it's G'day Aidan, welcome to the podcast and thanks for your time today. Yeah, g'day Barry, thanks very much for having us, great to be here. Great. Aidan, um, you're well known in exploration circles in uh, WA, but I was just for those listeners who haven't come across you before, it would be great if you could give us a bit of a rundown on your professional career today. Uh, yep, certainly I am a geologist by background, born and bred here in Western Australia, um, probably kicked around the gold fields and lead, zinc and nickel, copper and pretty much everything for five or so years around Western Australia um, before heading overseas to Turkey, Europe and, and then most of the time in South America where I was lucky enough to be directly involved with the discovery and then development of the Santa Rita nickel deposit for Mirabella Nickel, um, which was a very successful uh, nickel junior in the early 2000s, pre-GFC time. So. About 12 years in Brazil, I uh, have been back in Australia now for five years doing independent geology work um, and MBA and all of that really led to meeting the then OROP team and moving into the current CEO MD position of OROP. Right, okay. Uh, nice deep background there. Okay. Now, I mentioned the nickel strategy of uh, getting to 100,000 tonnes of resource with a pathway to production. Can you flesh out that strategy in terms of the projects that are capable of delivering that sort of upside? I'm thinking there, of course, about the Leinster Project, the Historic Nepean Project, and the Saints Project. So let's start with Leinster, uh, where the process of vectoring into a a high-grade discovery is well underway. Um, Yeah, that's right. So really, it's all about the exploration. As you said, nickel's coming coming along nicely, and and the future looks very, very good for nickel, and in particular, nickel sulphides with that Class 1 product that will feed the the battery markets for the EV. So we're really making a focus on exploration across our three projects, 
Leinster itself does have a, an historic resource. It's the Jork 4 resource. Um, so it's, it's, it's a known high-grade nickel sulphide mineralisation called the Horn. It's about a 500-metre strike. Um, we drilled some very nice results there um, in the December quarter last year and really extended it a, um, a little bit, but it's really well-defined over, over 500 metres of strike with, you know, 2 to 3% nickel, nice thick intersections up to 15 metres thick um, and starting from within 120 metres from surface. So a very nice high-grade massive sulphide ore body um, within 25 kilometres of the BHP Nickel West plant up there at Lanster. So that's, you know, it's a really good starting position and that's what we really look for in all of our projects, all that they all have shallow, very high-grade existing resources to build on, um, some obvious brownfields exploration in terms of step-offs down plunge and along strike to, to incrementally grow those resources um, so we can increase our resources um, from what we're sitting on now. But really, to get to that 100,000 tonnes, it's all about that new discovery or two. Uh, certainly at Leinster, um, the horn is very well defined by an aeromagnetic high. Um, and then to the northwest and to the southeast along the strike of the Horn. There are several more um, aeromagnetic highs, um, historically never been drilled. So really it was a, a conceptual model. Well, if, if the horn, this aeromagnetic high at the Horn is a nickel sulphide ore body, um, maybe these others are too. So we've completed um, around about 15 RC holes and five diamond holes to the northwest along what we've called the Woodwind Prospect. Again, very similar aeromagnetic signature. There's no outcrop there, so it's really about drilling to find out what you've got down there. Um, and we're very excited to say that we've got a very fertile ultramafic um, package there, which is the host rock you require for these Cambalda-style nickel sulphide deposits. Um, and we've even gone further than that and intersected some significant, thick, uh, disseminated nickel sulphides. So not economic intersections just yet, which the market really is hanging on at the moment, but certainly um, all the right ingredients in three quarters of the way there, um, even more so. The disseminated nickel sulphides we see is what is known as cloud sulphide mineralisation, um, and it's really what they see at Perseverance, Waterloo, Rocky's Reward, all the big known um, nickel sulphide mines in that region have these cloud sulphides uh, very close, within 15 metres of the massive sulphide ore bodies. So I think mm. we're getting getting very excited by the fact that we've we've hit that cloud sulphides and, and really looking towards downhole EM and, and planning that next phase of drilling there to see what, exactly what we've got and try and vector in on that massive sulphide mineralisation. You mentioned BHP on the way through there. Uh, Leinster, of course, is, uh, is it not where they, unbeknownst to most people, because it's inside BHP, of course, they, they found the Venus deposit recently, which is one of the biggest nickel discoveries, uh, well, in decades. That's correct, yeah. So the, that was just called the Leinster Group, really, these days, um, and BHP being such a big company, it's, it's, it's all locked in, in there, not so much public information um, being the size of the company, but certainly Venus... Um, Rocky's Reward, Perseverance, all part of that, that, that Leinster group that they call it, and certainly some very large, very high-grade uh, massive nickel sulphide deposits there. Mm. And just recently, of course, we've seen uh, BHP double down on what it's calling its future-facing commodity strategy, of which nickel and copper are the, the two metals it's chasing. So um, if BHP's uh, onto the nickel thematic, I suppose we all should be. That's correct. Um, they've really spent a lot of... Uh, time and money and man hours in the last 18 months to two years on on 
getting ready for what they call the nickel boom that's certainly coming. Um, and just recently announcing that uh, offtake agreement with Tesla has really, I think, solidified and brought home to the general public that this thing is happening. The EV disruption is, is coming and it's, it's basically here. Um, and WA will be a big part of that. And now that BHP have put themselves in a position to be part of that chain, um, they have three very hungry mills that need some some feed and some high quality uh, nickel sulphide ore to, to fill the, the capacities. And, and we're very much hoping to be part of that food chain. Okay. So let's uh, move down to uh, Nepean Mine, a producer between 1970 and 1987. Apparently produced uh, thirty thousand tons at about three percent nickel. Uh, what's the story there? I understand you've got a high impact drilling program underway. That's correct. So Nepean's really been a game changer for us. It's taken us from sort of a sub ten mil market cap to the fifty sixty we see today. Um, the acquisition really finalised very late last year, about a week before Christmas, and jumped straight into some drilling um, the second week of January. And we haven't stopped. We were lucky enough to lock, lock in a drill rig for 12 months. We could see the writing on the wall and the drill rigs were getting quite squ- scarce around Western Australia. So we locked in a multi-rig with seismic drilling so we can drill RC or diamond um, and have really just kept that going and siphoning it around our three nickel sulphide projects. Um, the initial drilling at the PAM was really to see what we had. Again, there was a, a conceptual model of, of magnetic, magnetic highs trending from the known high-grade nickel mine, the historic mine. Um, and again, we've really seen that we've got some, all the right ingredients, again, very fertile, very, very um, pers- prospective ultramafic packages for the full 10 kilometres of strike. And again, seen some um, significant nickel sulphide mineralisation, disseminated nickel sulphides, um, at least five kilometres away from the mine. So again, getting quite excited about potential new discoveries there. Um, but the obvious one, like you said, really, that the mine was cut short, 87, this the, the crash of 87, nickel was down below sort of 4,000 US a tonne. Um, and at the base of the mine, they hit a significant pegmatite vein, so basically granite. Um, and that, that was the end of the mine, life cut short effectively by, by nickel price. So the obvious extension to that mine is, is at depth. Um, the best analogy, I guess, really is flying fox, where they've had significant granite seals um, and gone below that and used geophysics and electromagnetics and drilling to really follow the, the continuation of the channel below those granites and, and have um, successfully continued that mine to below 1,200 metres below surface. So um, Nepean at its deepest is 500, so certainly plenty to go. These Cambalda-style nickel mines can really go quite deep um, successfully. Mm-hmm. So I think really that the, the obvious and the most logical place geologically um, to find these massive nickel sulphides is, is is down below the old workings. It was a very high grade mine, very high tenor, which means it's, it was a very, very pure ore, very pentlandite rich. Um, it did go to the BHP facilities at, at Canvelda back in the day and they were very happy to receive such a, such a clean high grade ore. Um, so I think really this deeps program that we've kicked off now um, really is that high high impact you know, high risk, high reward drilling, and, and I think it's it's really going to be a game changer for us. Mm. Uh, I mentioned uh, BHP discovery of Venus, but uh, talking about game changes, you've got the uh, the Mincor discovery of Cassini at uh, Cambalda. What is, is it about these Cambalda style uh, deposits that it seems that the best place to find more is beneath the old mines? Well, that's right. I mean, they're old, basically old lava channels. Um, you know, the best analogy, it, 
is is a river really and and obviously rivers flow on for for a long way and you can occasionally get seasonal flooding and it it um, breaks its banks and you get deposition on the flanks and what we call hanging wall uh, mineralization mm. which is from subsequent flows but it's all about that main channel um, you know so these channels can go to the depths of the earth really and it's they're quite potty as as again in the, the deposition of a river you, you get deeper parts and shallower parts so they stop and start um, but really it's 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 the main place where you get the thickest and the highest grade massive sulfides and I think you know nickel being in such demand and, and the future demand, um, you know, it looks like there's going to be a significant supply deficit um, and being so difficult to find that high quality, thick um, economic mineralisation, I think that's why when you, you eventually do, then you get that, that huge re-rate um, in your share price. Okay, Aidan, uh, now Saints, northwest of Kalgoorlie, uh, has a modern day resource? Yeah, that's correct. So Saints is our, our largest and our most advanced resource, being a Jolk 12 resource, um, over 21,000 tonnes of contained nickel at a high grade 2%. Again, it fits into our, our model and our criteria. It's a high grade. Um, it's shallow. It starts from only 40 metres um, below surface. It's primary fresh sulphides, um, high quality also, something we can turn on relatively quickly. Um, going back to that analogy with the river, the Saints resource is, is all hanging wall mineralisation. So whilst it's a great resource in its own right, it hasn't, you know, it's thick, it's continuous, it's high grade, it starts from shallow depths. Um, probably the best part for us of that is that it's still a proxy for that whole mineralised system and that feeder channel, that, that thicker, higher grade um, basal channel mineralisation still has to be there somewhere. And that's really what we mm. concentrated on at Saints is to find that feeder channel um, you mentioned the Cassini resource, the Mincor's Cassini that they're putting into production. Um, it's, it's actually a great analogy for Saints. It was really a similar size uh, resource um, probably two years ago now and, and really they worked out where that feeder channel was to that system and then with you know minimal drilling mm-hmm. into that feeder channel, they really doubled their grade, doubled their resource and, and really made it something quite significant and obviously now into development and production. So... That's a, that's a pathway we'd like to follow at Saints um, and really pushing towards that and, and finding that feeder channel where we can significantly add resource tons in grade. Okay. So let's talk about that pathway to production. <clears throat> the strategy you've uh, put in place there, can you, uh, what milestones are you working towards? So I think, as I said, it's really all about exploration and we, we do need to find that one or two new discoveries. So be it a new discovery along strike, at any of our projects or be it the feeder channel at Saints or be it the extension in the P&Deeps to the old workings. Um, it's really about that exploration to get us to that 100,000 tonnes plus of, of nickel in resource. Having said that, um, as you quite rightly said, nickel is about 19,500 US a tonne and, and climbing. Um, so the, our current resources actually start to look quite attractive as they are. So we are pushing towards that that development and production in a separate stream. We've kicked off internal studies on our current um, uh, ore bodies, I guess. So Saints, we're looking at the underground. Nepean, we actually have some very high grade, um, very shallow, so within 50 metres. It's the, the old crown pillar that they left behind and some, some new in, uh, intersections to the south that we've, we've made with drilling this year. So it's about a 500 metre strike of some very thick high grade mineralisation. So we're actually looking at an open pit scenario there um, to generate some early cash flow. It's quite significant cash flow. 
um, and then look at going off the pit, then back into the underground workings. Um, and that's that gives us two things. That gives us access, obviously, to then the old underground mine and, and the remnant mineralisation there. But it would also give us a, a chance to drill from underground and drill in the pan deeps from four or 500 metres below surface rather than 1,000 metre plus holes we're, we're currently yeah. drilling. Um, mm. So certainly kicked off that study. I think the study itself will be, um, you know, just self-feeds that, that news flow as we upgrade our resources, um, you know, do pit optimizations, all the rest of it, and it, it'll provide a constant news flow for us there. Um, it also gives us the chance to kick off some of those cheaper but longer lead items such as environmental baseline studies, metallurgical work, um, all of those things. So in 12 months' time, um, when we know the nickel price and, and we decide, yes, this, this is a goer, let's turn this thing on, we're not, you know, then having to start those 12, 18-month programs, we've already done them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, just to flesh things out, uh, Raglas Range, uh, the Zinc Arden project in South Australia, you've got a liking for zinc? We have, yeah. So that was certainly um, our main focus before we got back into nickel. Our, our general focus is certainly base metals and, and Australian base metals projects. Um, mm -hmm. And within that umbrella, we always wanted to get into that nickel sulphide um, you know, look, look for those quality nickel sulphide projects. So certainly the Western Australian projects are our main focus, um, but copper and zinc and that ZX style mineralisation is, is a big focus as well. We have walk-up target, um, very, very high-grade zinc target. We drilled about three years ago now, you know, over 13 metres at 5% zinc. Again, very shallow, only 50-odd metres below surface, um, and that included nearly four metres at over 15% zinc. So a very high-grade zinc target. We've done a lot of soils, um, some geophysics, ground gravity, and, and have a walk-up target there to test. So it's a quite a cheap program. It's, it's a proof of concept, three to five vertical RC holes is what was planned, um, sort of fifty dollars to $75,000 program to really just test that concept and, and see what we've got. But with the recent um, increase in zinc and, and the likes of Rumble and Veriscan and, and, and those other zinc players having um, a good time at the moment, in share price wise, I think it's it's really a good time to, to try and drill that. Um, so we're just working through the final stages of permitting and access, um, and hopefully we get get on the ground there in this quarter and, and drill that program as well. Uh, simple question: Whereabouts is it? Sorry, so our Arden project is uh, about twenty five kilometres from Port Augusta um, in South Australia. Okay, so nice and easy access. Very easy access, about a three and a half hour drive straight up the highway from from Adelaide. Um, and come back through the Clare Valley if you like. Um, so it's a great, great spot. Uh, we do have Bonaventura um, project as well on Kangaroo Island, very similar project looking for that ZX, uh, copper, zinc um, uh, and base metals um, in that Adelaidean geosyncline. So the Cambrian rocks is really, really the focus there. Um, mm. Again, we've seen some very high grade copper surface sampling at both projects up to 20% copper. Um, so we are sort of systematically working through that as well, really developing our copper targets as well. Um, but at the moment, as I said, that high-priority drill target is, is a zinc target. Mm. The bushfires on Kangaroo Island are very sad, of course, but uh, I was just wondering, is it uh, exposed rocks that uh, you might not have seen previously? Yeah, that's correct. We're around Pandana, the town, is, is where we're based there, and, and 
they were quite lucky, but it did. The fires did touch the edge of the edge of the town there, um, so we're very devastating. But you're right; it's cleared up a lot of the the scrub and the bushlands, and and certainly um, can do some mapping and soils that we couldn't do previously. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you've got a lot on the go. How are you off the funding? Uh, we're very good, actually. So we're sitting on around about three million, um, and we're underwriting options now. So we have about one point seven million dollars worth of 10 cent options still outstanding and those options expire on November 30. Um, obviously well in the money and we fully expect to get that that funding um, but we really wanted to confirm it and lock it in now. Mm-hmm. Our deeps program at Nepean, we've announced the first two holes. We really expect that now to be a minimum of six holes um, and really have a good crack at it. So um, with that underwriting of the options, we now have a guaranteed know four and a half million dollars we're well funded to really crack on with that program it's very controlled drilling it's quite difficult obviously very deep uh, long holes from surface over a thousand meters through hard pegmatites and then relatively soft ultramafic so that constant changing of rock type really tends to move the drill holes um, and which we certainly don't want so the drillers are doing a great job of really controlled slow drilling so make sure that the holes end up where they need to end up um, so we'll see how we go with this first hole and then I think we will look to get a second rig and really get stuck into those high priority targets back up at the Leinster trend at the woodwind prospects and beyond. Um, yeah. And then at Saints we have some deeper drilling planned under the St. Patrick's and St. Andrew's channels where it's unfinished business as well. Deeper drilling at Saints is really only suited 450, 500-metre holes. So uh, plenty on there. And then obviously the zinc we'd like to get on the ground there and do a program. But Certainly with $4.5 million, then we, we, we're well funded and we can crack on. And, you know, we fully expect to, to have a really high impact results from, from a couple of those drill programs. Um, and we've certainly got the cash to get to that point and see where we are then. Mm. And not a completely silly question. Will you be assaying for lithium at Nepean? We are actually under CA with uh, quite a large company, which I'm not <laughs> allowed to say who that is yet. Um, but they're actually okay. assessing the lithium opportunities across all three of our nickel projects. So um, at the same time, we're in the gold field, so certainly have a lot of prospectivity on all three projects as well for gold. Um, and we do look at that, uh, but we tend to use third parties for both gold and lithium and really keep our you know, nickel-focused nickel team um, really, really concentrating on the exploration for the nickel sulfides. Okay, there you go, folks. Uh, an interesting story there. Company well down the road to becoming uh, a nickel producer from a known resource base and what high impact exploration that's underway could uh, bring. So with that, I'll thank Aidan for his time today. Thanks for that, Aidan, and best of luck with it all. No worries. Thanks very much, Barry. All the best. Cheers.